David, I have a confession. I interviewed someone for a podcast when you weren't here. Oh, well, I guess I appreciate you telling me in the absolutely most non-private place possible that you could. <laughs> you podcast interview two-timer. <laughs> well. you and, and now you're laughing? <laughs> well, David, okay, 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 okay. Wow. But here's the situation. I was thinking about our taxes and, you know, we've started this new business and I was getting overwhelmed, you know? And then my friend Jenny reached out and mm-hmm. she's a fellow podcaster. She also mm-hmm. does taxes. And I, I just had to chat with her. Chat. You mean it's not, it's not like my fault. full-blown episode <laughs> chat? <laughs> yeah, it was a full-blown episode. <laughs> So Jenny's day job is working in a CPA office and she does tax accounting and bookkeeping and she handles all that money stuff that scares the bejesus out of me. So, you know, I, can you blame me for wanting to talk to her? I just couldn't resist. Well, why don't you tell that to the IRS? Oh, one. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Mastering the Podcaster Mindset. I'm Tiffany Kane, podcast coach and professional development expert. And I am David Seiss, professional dialogue and voiceover editor. Together, we will go on a journey with you to truly master the podcasting mindset. Let's break past mindset beliefs that often create barriers to success. You will learn techniques and insider secrets to raise the power of your content and the quality of your sound. We believe your voice is powerful. Your story needs to be told and there is someone out there who will be inspired because you have the courage to share your insights through your podcast. Now, here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mastering the Podcaster Mindset. I am here with Jenny Thomas, as I already told you. We are so excited to be talking today about creating a business around your podcast and what do you do with those darn taxes? (laughs) Jenny, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yay. We're so glad to have you here. So, you know, usually I prepare and I have some good questions to ask, but I I have to admit, I'm a newbie when it comes to <laughs> taxes with, um, you know, around your podcast. I've always been a W-2 employee. I've never had complicated taxes before. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to put the volleyball in your court, my friend, and just say, what is it that we need to know about paying taxes and <laughs> setting things up when we're creating a business around our podcast? Well, there's lots, um, and I know we'll only touch on a few things um, here. And and I think that a lot of what we talk about can go for any self-employed person. The first thing I think a podcaster has to ask when they're going into it is, what's the end game? Uh, Is this a hobby or is this something that you want to turn into a business long term? Because if it's strictly a hobby... The IRS frowns upon that, and they do not like you to deduct expenses. But if it is a business, then that's a whole different story. And if it's a hobby that turns into a business two years from now, 
then you really miss out on, on a lot of those startup costs as far as microphones and headphones and computer software and things like that. So it's good to, to establish what you think you want to do going in. Oh, that is and, so good. It's almost like look forward. Yes. Look a couple years down the road. Where do you want to be and start planning right now for that? Right. And I think that, and I think that, um, everybody, you don't know what, what the future holds, but you could go in as a business. And then if in a few years you decide, oh, this is more just a hobby, then you can close off the business end of it. Mm -hmm. But if you're making a little bit of money on, you know, ad placements and things like that, then it's, it's still good to be set up as, as a business. Mm -hmm. That's brilliant. So what do you do I, to set it up as a business? Well, um, I think the most common thing is that people will tell me is um, they, I ask them, are you set up as an LLC or corporation? Mm -hmm. And the common, the common response I get is I'm an LLC. Mm -hmm. That's mine. But I'm an LLC. Yes. Okay. Accountants will always tell you that an LLC is going to give you more flexibility, mm -hmm. but really it's identical to a corporation. It's just that you can have more members. An S corporation is, uh, what's different about a, a, an LLC and an S corporation is that the LLC is the quote unquote business entity while the S corp is a tax classification. Okay. It's a form that's elected with the IRS after you've formed the LLC or if you choose to go incorporated, the incorporation. Okay. Now, now I'm trying would... to understand, <laughs> <laughs> trying to understand that. So let me see if I understand. So if we need to make an LLC first, is that yes. true? Okay. So if we make an LLC first, that's our business entity, mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily our tax classification. The S Correct. Corp would be our tax classification. And so that would be a layer on top of the LLC. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. <gasps> I am so proud of myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> You're good, Jenny. You're good. <laughs> I tried to break it down very step by step. And, and the first step would be to set up the LLC or corporation, whichever you decide, depending on how you want it named. I have a corp um, set up, uh, Carrie and I do, with our podcast because I just like the way we named it, mm -hmm. you know, certain thing. And, but I've, I've done LLCs in the past. And so basically, depending on what state you're in, um, the Secretary of State's office is going to have, um, like in Florida, we're in Florida, we, we have a site called SunBiz, and you could either do it yourself or um, LegalZoom does it. I'd be wary of those sites because they generally charge you quite a bit mm -hmm. of money to do it, and it's actually very simple to do. Um, the filing fee itself is only about $150, and it's, it costs about 125 a year to keep up. But the first step is filing the paperwork with the state. Whether for either the LLC or Corp. That's a good first step. Secondly, then you don't have to decide right away if you want to take the S corporation classification. 
you have to decide by the time your taxes roll around and you have to do your tax return. Okay. Because the, if you, so now let's just say that after talking with me, you decide to make your LLC an S-Corp classification. Mm -hmm. You would need to fill out what's called Form 2553 with the IRS. And any accountant could do that for you. You can even do it yourself and send it in. Usually, if you have an accountant do your taxes, they'll send it in with the tax return. Oh, they can just because, do it right there at the same time mm-hmm. as the tax yep. return. Ah, yes. Nice. Now, what's important to know is that when you have, when you do an S corporation, the S corporation gets its separate tax return. It's mm-hmm. not done on your 1040. Okay. And the reason that is, is, and then this also, doing this also avoids double taxation. Can you tell us a little bit about double taxation? Yes. When you have, um, when you have a DLC and you have a, any income and expenses, will be done on what's called a Schedule C on your personal tax return. Okay. It's, it's in addition to the 10, it's attached to the 1040. When you have a 1040, you have all of these schedules that go with it, whether you're claiming children or earned income credit, they're all attached. If you have a, if you're self-employed, you have the Schedule C and it's essentially a profit and loss from business. Okay. From there, the income and expenses are, are tallied. And if you've, earned money, if you end up with a profit, though that profit is going to be taxed at about 12 and a half percent, 12 and a half to 15 percent on top of what you're being taxed at through your tax bracket. So let's say you make $5,000. That $5,000 is going to go on, on as income on the 1040, there'll be a separate line for it. You'll have your W-2 income, your expenses. So then there'll be the 5000 that you made self-employed. So that money rolls into your, your basically your, your gross adjusted tax for the year. Mm. So there's a, you, and you end up with a final amount, let's say $70,000. After all is said and done, that's your taxable amount. Mm-hmm. You pay in that bracket believe it's 12%. I know they changed the tax brackets this year and I haven't really looked at them yet because I've been doing W-2s, but let's just go, let's just say it's 15%. So that, then that amount is taxed at 15% and that's what you pay for the year. Whatever you've put in on your W-2 is subtracted from it, any credits, then you either get a refund or you owe. Now, on, in addition to all of that, if that 5,000 is also going to be taxed at 15% self-employment, so that goes on. So you're it's double taxing you. Mm-hmm. So you're you're paying twice, and that's because that five thousand dollars you're paying Social Security and Medicare on it. Okay, that makes sense. And you may not need to if you have a w, if you if you have a real job mm-hmm. per se, um, a day job. When you um, have an S corporation, the S corporation has its is a standalone tax return. It's it's, it's called um, an eleven twenty S. 
subchapter S. And um, basically all of the income, all of the expenses goes through the 1120S. Whatever is left over, if it's a profit, if you have, say, two share, say there are two members, you and David are both a part of this LLC mm-hmm. and you're both the shareholders and because it changes it to shareholders, you're both the shareholders. You guys have made 10000 for the year. The, well, the S Corporation LLC has made 10000 At that point, you would both receive what's called a K-1, which is essentially like a W-2. Okay. I always tell people. You would then split the profit. 5000 each. And then that K-1 goes on to your 1040 like a W-2 when you do your taxes. And it's just taxed at your regular tax rate. Yeah. So it saves you on the self-employment taxes. That's brilliant. That can potentially be a lot of money. I mean... It really can. My... Um, my my best friend does hair, and for years she's done it as a self-employed on her 1040. And the first year I did it, I did her taxes after she divorced. She got like an $800 refund, and she's like, oh, I miss I miss it when the kids were little, and I used to get these big refunds. And I said, you know, I said, let's, let's set it you up as an S-corporation because – not only are you paying all this money in self-employment tax, but a Schedule C is the most audited form that the IRS does. Oh, we all want to avoid the dreaded audit. Yes. Uh, 1.5% of returns that are audited. The, The IRS has an audit rate for just regular returns at a half a percent of everything that comes through. I have the actual number. Actually, I have the figure. Where is it? In 2018, Schedule C's were audited at a rate of 1.4% compared to the overall audit rate of 0.5%. Wow. So that's it's three times the amount. Mm-hmm. So it's a very big red flag to the IRS. So we want to so, avoid that if possible. Definitely. And we avoid should, it by doing the S-Corp. Yes. You should always save your expenses, your receipts, and your mileage. If you take mileage, your logs. Um, there are a lot of little apps that can help you with mileage logs and save your receipts for you. There's one that I use personally. It's called Stride, and it's free. <clears throat> okay. And uh, if you're traveling for business, you turn it on when you leave your house, you turn it off when you get there, and it tracks the mileage. You put in what it was for. Um, if you go to you know, Guitar Center, Sam Ash, and you buy a new microphone, you, you open up the app, you put the amount in, you snap a picture of the receipt, it's recorded. At oh, the end of the year, they send you a nice spreadsheet. That's brilliant. And, yeah, at the end of the year, they send you a really nice um, email with all, all these files in it, and it's great. I, you just hand it to your accountant. Wow. Yeah, it, takes, it's, it makes it really simple. This is cool. And I know I'm missing some things here, but um, this is the basics of it. So, okay. So since we touched on expenses, what are expenses that a podcaster who's creating a business around their podcast can take as expenses? And do they do that personally 
or does the S corp take that those deductions? The, the, the S corp is going to take those deductions. Okay. Because on your personal side, the only deductions you can take involve your mortgage interest, medical expenses if you itemize, um, donations, things like that. And if you are a single person, you have to have at least $12,000 in expenses to itemize and 24000 if you're a married couple. Mm. So with those rates that were just recently in the last few years upped, most people do not itemize anymore. Mm -hmm. So you would definitely take it on the S corporation. Okay. Now there are, I mean, essentially any, any cost that has to do with your business, what you pay for, for your online remote recording per month, what you pay your podcast host, Captivate, or BuzzFeed, Buzzsprout, any of those others that you use. If, you, if you're um, Simplecast, if you're paying them money, that's a deductible expense. Any microphones that you've bought, computers, if you've purchased any software to edit. If you're traveling to a conference... It's considered education if you're going to learn about the industry. So your hotel can be written off, your airfare, if, you draw, if you've driven, your mileage. Uh -huh. And the list goes on from there. On so essentially, on. anything you've spent um, regarding the podcast is deductible. You want to stay away from entertainment expenses, meals, and things like that. Meals are taken at a 50% rate, and if you've traveled to a conference, and then those meals are deducted at 50%, and you want to take those um, as expenses. But if you're going to go out to dinner and talk about podcasting with another couple, you want to try to keep those to a minimum because the IRS frowns on them. Okay. Those are things that are, those little things like that are flags. Ah. You can take a home off. You can take a home office expense. Again, I try to keep. I try to sway people not to take it unless they really need the deduction because that's an area that is a trigger for the for the IRS as a red flag. This is so good to know. So good to know. Um, what if? you get sponsorships from somebody uh, for your podcast. And so you're bringing mm -hmm. in maybe a couple thousand a month in sponsorships, um, ad, maybe ad revenue, like sponsorships are slightly different than ad mm -hmm. revenue. Or what if somebody sponsors you to go to a conference or something along those lines? What do you do? Any income that comes in, anything over the the law is anything over six hundred dollars has to be reported to the IRS. Okay. More than likely, the companies, any company that sponsors you or where you receive ad revenue from, you'll receive a ten ninety nine, uh, either miscellaneous or what they call now NEC non employment compensation form at the end of the year. Okay. That will report how much money they gave you. If they haven't, then you can report it into the S corporation. And you want when you're when you're when you're communicating with the with the ad revenue people and with the sponsorships, 
if they ask for, um, you don't want to give them your social security numbers. You want to give them your business EIN numbers and all, you want to run all income through the EIN. That also protects you in a way. <clears throat> I feel like, um, you know, as, as podcasters, we should almost all form an LLC and run everything through it because in a day and age that we're in, if you say something that may not sound offensive or be offensive, but somebody takes it offensively and they decide they want to sue you, mm-hmm. then you are covered under the umbrella of the LLC or corporation and they cannot come after you personally for anything. Mm, that is so good to know. I mean, I, the chances of it are very rare, I, I know, but you just never Still. know. With, with I've seen stranger things in my career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you have. Now, you mentioned EIN number. Will mm-hmm. you help our listeners to know what an EIN number is? Will you explain that? The IRS calls it an employee ident- an employer identification number. And what essentially that means is you may not have employees, but when you open an LLC or the first step, you, you, you open an LLC or a corporation for your business. The second step, once you receive the paperwork back, back from the state, is to go on to the IRS site and apply for an employer identification number. Mm. So essentially what happens is you put in your business information and then it will, it's an application. Usually they give it to you right at the end of the session, you download it. And that number represents your business Mm. as your social security number represents you. Now, do you recommend once you have an EIN number, then to have a separate bank account for everything to do with Mm -hmm. your podcast? Yes. Because if you are ever audited, then the IRS can just look into that bank account and say, oh, well, you have everything run through this corporation. Mm-hmm. And technically, that's the way to, that's what we always recommend to, to do it. Now, in the beginning, I, I'm just speaking from personal experience, mm-hmm. that can be a little messy because in the mm-hmm. beginning, you're doing a lot just kind of on your own and then you're like, oh, we should do make an LLC. And so then you do that and you get your EIN. It, it kind of takes a little bit of time. And in the meantime, you know, yeah. you're rocking and rolling with your podcast and spending money out of your own personal mm-hmm. bank account. And then you set up this business bank account. And it's like, yay, we have a business bank account. And I'd like to spend all the money from the business bank account, but it's also kind of like we need money going into the business bank account. Where does that money come from? So I feel like in the beginning, there's a lot of muddy water as to mm-hmm. before you can there really is. get it rocking and rolling. So for the those of us with muddy water for our first tax season, what do you recommend? Well, it's perfectly okay to take business expenses out of your personal account. Okay, I will personally tell you, I have a corporate bank account with my with my podcast partner. Is there money in it right now? Probably about $10. <laughs> Why? Because I keep forget we, we keep forgetting to transfer money into it. It's easier to just sell each other when one of us has paid, you know, we split everything. So it's just easier to like mm-hmm. her to sell me or I sell her or, um, because it, it, then it's like, oh, I got to pay the squad cast. Mm-hmm. It's coming out. That means they're going to transfer money into this account and it's going to take a couple of days to clear. And mm-hmm. so you just, it goes by the wayside. It's okay. You should try to have, the more important thing is to have any income going into that account okay. from ad revenue or sponsorships. And as a startup 
any money that you personally invested into your corporate into your podcast because obviously when you're when you're doing the tax return for the corporation at the end of the year they're going to ask you where the money came from to pay for all of this. Like from my blood, sweat, and tears. (laughs) (laughs) Do you see? (laughs) Do you see the the red ink? That's my blood. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That most definitely. Yeah. You see the? Do you see the holes burned into my ears from my earphones? Do you see my fingers in the carpal tunnel from the editing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> back to we are spending money as a as a new podcaster mm-hmm. often spending our own money. So what does that mean at tax time? That money is going going to be considered a loan from the shareholder. Ah. So you as a shareholder are loaning the corporation the money to start up. Dang, I'm generous. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, we all are. <laughs> I have given generously <laughs> to my corporation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as have I. As have I. So then what, what happens now? So I've personally invested as a, I've given a loan. I'm a shareholder giving a loan to this S-Corp. So now what? So basically what will happen is if you're going to an accountant, you know, you're going to have a list of your expenses. Say they're, you know, for the year, you know, what, $4,000, $5,000. Then you're just going to, you know, the, your accountant's going to put it as a loan from shareholder from that amount. Okay. It's just to even it out so that, and you'll still be, what will happen is, let's say you, you don't make any money in the year. Mm-hmm. And so you have six or seven thousand, you know, maybe four thousand in expenses between your hosting and your your online, you know, Zoom stuff. Um, what happens then is that you receive a K one, and it'll show a loss of okay. let's just say sixty five hundred dollars. Now, let's say that you, you've made, you know, on your 1040 side, what happens is you have your W-2 income. Um, let's just say, uh, you know, you've made, you know, 60000 for the year. That's 6000 6500 or however how much it is that you've lost from the business is going to come off of your taxable income mm. on the 1040 side. So instead of having a $60,000 um, taxable income, you will now only have a $54,000 taxable income. Okay. So it lowers your taxes a little bit. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Now, on the opposite end, if you made $10,000, it's going to add to it. Mm-hmm. But um, you're not paying the 15% self-employment tax on top of that. As I said, I think I, I don't know, I think I, I think I somehow skipped the story, but my friend that I was doing her taxes... Um, 
I told her set up a corporation because, you know, you're paying all this money in self-employment tax. Did I finish that story or am I just hallucinating? No, you know what? I don't think you finished. You told us that she was paying LLC. She wasn't getting a very big payment back. And you said, let's set up an S-corp. And I think I might have distracted you after that. So go ahead and Well, I might have distracted myself. (laughs) Squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) That's about right. Um, So the long of the short is that the year I did her taxes and she was self-employed, um, you know, everything through her 1040, she got back $800. Once I set her up with the S corporation, now she did it kicking and screaming. Uh-huh. What do you mean I have to pay this 150 to the state? What do you mean? Da-da-da. You know, I'm like, listen, at the end of the year, you'll thank me. And sure enough, when I did her taxes at the end of the year, she got back like $4,000. Wow. Because it was instead of it being you know, that then that $4,000 was basically what she was paying in self-employment tax. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of that, that is what you put in the self, that is what you put into social security and Medicare. So if you are strictly self-employed and you want to collect social security one day, you should probably pay that self-employment tax or you could pay yourself through the corporation, Mm -hmm. which is a deduction. Oh, so if you pay yourself a $25,000 salary through the corporation and you've made, you know, granted, as long as you've made the money to cover that, then you you will pay, you know, you at that point, you're, you kind of escalate with, you kind of grow with your accountant that's, that's working mm-hmm. with you. And they see how much money you're making and they say, okay, well, maybe it's time you start doing payroll. And everyone then panics and thinks, "Oh, payroll company! I have to, I have to hire a payroll company." It's really not as as it's really not as complicated as that sounds. And it's it's more of a, okay, what did you take in payroll this quarter? And you pay the taxes on it. And it's done. And at the end of the year, your accountant generates a W two. But I think I'm just kind of skipping too far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> should probably be should probably just kind of you know <laughs> there are a lot of layers. <laughs> that's our that's our level two conversation. <laughs> Yes, that's, that's that's another conversation. That's really, that's the, oh, this is exciting. The podcast company is making some money. So yes. let's talk so about now that part yes. now. Yeah, that's exciting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this is very helpful. So if I can, I've been taking notes, c- copious notes as you've been talking, uh, pages and pages of notes. So step one, set up your LLC. That's your business entity. Mm-hmm. And or it can be a corporation. Doesn't yes, really matter. It could be either one doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. And then from there you set up your S corp, and that's mm-hmm. what's going to be really important because that will keep you from being double taxed. Because if you yes. only have the LLC, you'll be double taxed. Yes. Then your S corp gives you a K one, which is similar to a W two. I feel like mm-hmm. we need to like create a, a rap song or something with all these <laughs> LLC, S Corp, K1, W2. <laughs> E-I-N. <laughs> E-I-N. Um, okay. And y- it's good to avoid the, the Schedule C because that's the most audited thing from the IRS and none of us want to be audited by the IRS. No, because once you're on your their radar, you never get off of it. Oh, that's brutal. Mm-hmm. I've known people that once they've been audited, they were audited every few years. It's oh just my once gosh. you get that's brutal yeah. and that's expensive to get audited. 
depending which kind of audit, if it's a paper audit where they just send, they want you to send in the proof, it's not so bad. But if you have to sit down with an accountant and they're really scrutinizing you, then yeah, it could, and mm. then they're kicking back some of your stuff. Yeah, it could get bad. Okay. That's brutal. Mm. Then your next thing, uh, word of advice was save your receipts and your expenses. You mentioned an app, Stride app. Track mm-hmm. your mileage, take a picture of your receipts, keep everything, all of your receipts, save them, save them. Mm-hmm. Which is because, fantastic. Yeah, because I, at the end of the day, if you're audited by the IRS, as long as you have all of your ducks in a row and you have all of your receipts and you can prove everything, you'll be fine. Mm. That's the most important thing. Dang, right now my ducks are like swimming around all over the place doing (laughs) backflips. I need to get those babies in a row. I know all of the receipts are out there. Let's get them together. (laughs) Yeah, I'm an accountant in minor MS, so I can only, yeah. So I I understand, trust me. (laughs) It's like, okay, so between 1 a.m. in the morning and 5.30 when I get up for work, there's somewhere in there I'm putting my receipts together, keeping all of this organized. Okay. <laughs> That's why you need that app. Or in this oh several, or, there's, I, I'm not a paid affiliate, just so we know from it. But, and I think there are several others out there that will do the same. I think QuickBooks does one too. I've never used it. I think they charge for it. I was just, I was, I also sell real estate. So I was in a situation where I was, I was, my area that I was showing my, these people house was like probably 200 mile stretch. And oh. we were always in the car and I was like, I've got to keep track of these miles. And I just quickly looked and found this and it was, boom. I was like, oh, this is easy. And then I, as I started to use the app, I'm like, oh, wow, I can really just put all my expenses in it. And then recently I, at the end of the year, I had it send me the spreadsheet and I was like, wow, this is amazing. That's so, really cool. I, That's really Yeah, cool. I tell them. I love it. Um, EIN number, super important. That's your employee ID number given to you by the state, from Mm -hmm. the state. Okay. And that's- No, federal. 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 That's your federal. 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 Okay. And then anytime you're bringing money in, get money, give them that EIN number. Sponsors, ad revenue, um, clients paying you. You can set up EIN. This is what I did fairly recently is I used the Stripe um, Mm -hmm. integration in everything that I sell, because I, I also teach courses. And so anytime somebody signs up for a, cor- a course, they pay through my Stripe integration and I have my Stripe um, EIN attached to my Stripe and everything that goes through Stripe now goes into my business account. Okay, good. I did get that set up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's so many layers. It's so hard. I mean, we're podcasters. We, we It's like we need business managers on top of it we all. We do. We do. That is, you know, there's a couple of things. Like I do fantasize about when I'm rolling in the dough. There's a couple of things I'm going to have in my life. One of them is a house manager. You and me both. That will <laughs> manage all things house, whether it's we need a handy person to come in and fix yep. this, or it's bills need to be paid, or let's get these dishes done, or let's get some groceries. Like, I want a house manager because that is not what I'm good at. And number two, I want somebody managing finances and making head heads and tails out of it. I want to be a part of it. It's not like I want to step back and not yeah, know. No, but yeah. I want somebody who is an expert in that area and can say, 
all right, keep this in mind. You might want to think about that. You might want to do this. And and let's, this is how you keep your receipts. This is how you should get your ducks in a row. Like, oh my God, I can't. I'm actually really looking forward to the day when I have a bookkeeper. Like that to me is going to be so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you need anybody, I'm your girl. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome, Jenny. Oh my gosh. But then really, you have to, when you're interviewing all of these people to, and any podcast or any business person, if you're listening to this, no matter what field of business you're in, if when you hire an accountant to do bookkeeping, payroll, taxes, you want to you want to compare their pricing because they're unfortunately, there are a lot of people that will take advantage. Firstly, you do not have to be a CPA to open an accounting office. I'm not a CPA. I work for a CPA and I handle a certain end of the business and he handles another side of it. And, um, but I'm not a CPA, but I could go out and open my own business if I wanted to. Do I want to? No, I have no desire to. <laughs> but it's, um, I've known of accountants, quote unquote, that have hung a shingle and charged their clients absorbent, absorbent amounts of money to do their taxes and would see that they're getting a big, big refund and would make up stories and say, well, I did this, this and this to get you an extra five grand. So I'm going to have to charge you an extra thousand dollars to do your taxes mm. and just horror stories. So if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't sound right, you you should really get another opinion. It's just like your doctor. What would be a fair amount for, for a CPA a, to charge? For or a, for an accountant for a, or a bookkeeper or something like that? For a personal tax return, you should pay no more. I mean, depending on your situation, Um but I would say no more than $250. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Okay. Now, if you go to somewhere like Jackson Hewitt or H&R Block, they're going to, and they're going to charge you by the for, every form that's filed. Uh. Um, I used to manage Jackson Hewitt years, a few years ago. Um, and they, Jackson, from what I learned, Jackson Hewitt's and H&R Block's and those types of companies, you will never find them in a good neighborhood. Uh-huh. Um, you will never find one in Beverly Hills um, or um, anywhere where there are older retired people. They target younger people that are receiving earned income credits because they will charge $600 for a tax return. Oh, and, that's criminal. And, yeah, it is. And um, they target people who are strapped for cash that want part of it now and want it um, quickly and will pay the money because they don't know how to do their own taxes. So many people are scared to get on TurboTax and do it themselves. Yeah. And, and it's Turbo so Tax simple. Is, it is very simple. Yeah. It, it's dummy proof. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's all question software. And that's truthfully all Jackson Hewitt's employees are doing. Um, they're asking you questions. They have a TurboTax-based software. They're tax preparers. They, um, they're going through and asking you scenarios, and they're typing it in. And then at the end, the program spits out a tax return. 
um, and they're charging all of this money for someone that's not even a CPA to look over your taxes. But the local CPA office down the road um, probably will charge you a lot less. Wow. My mind is blown, Jenny. My mind is blown. It's there's a lot of shadiness. I'm surprised it's not. A, I'm so, I'm really surprised that accounting and CPA um, is not. Um, it's not a field that is closely is more closely looked at by the government, like lawyers and doctors and other fields of that nature. Yeah, and people fields. are so um, vulnerable when it comes to mm-hmm. their money. Like that that is a super vulnerable place. It's mm-hmm. it's there's so many emotions and stories that are attached mm-hmm. to people and their money and so much um you know there's there's that fear, the fear of being audited, the fear of the IRS taking yeah. everything and going to jail. Yeah, and to prey on people that are already often in more challenging life situations and already have a lot more of those fears layered on than somebody maybe more affluent that has the knowledge and the experience and the people to call upon, you know, that, that, wow, mind's blown. I feel like this is a whole nother podcast. Oh, it is. Totally. (laughs) It is. Totally. It could be a series. Yeah. (laughs) I get on my soapbox about our healthcare system (laughs) And just anytime there's these perceived Mm -hmm. inequities, oh my gosh, I get, not even perceived inequities, anytime there are inequities, oh, okay, getting my dander all rough. My feathers are ruffled, Jenny. My feathers (laughs) are ruffled. Okay. I'm right there with you. But also, uh, talking about price, they, an accountant will charge you a separate fee also to do the S corporation return. Okay. Um, and it, it should run you anywhere from $400 to no more than 700 If it's a simple one, it should be on the low end. If it's more complicated and you've made thousands of dollars and you have tons of expenses and employees and you're a big corporation, it's going to cost you more. Okay. So it should be around, a little on the lower end. But And, and, and I tell people, yes, it's a few hundred dollars for, for, for the tax return at the end, end of the year, but it's going to save you so much in the long run. Yeah. Now, what if you want to have a bookkeeper help you out regularly? What's a fair charge for a, a bookkeeper to work with you a couple times a month? Depending on the amount of transactions you do, um, anywhere from fifty to one hundred dollars. Well, it could go anywhere from fifty to two hundred and fifty dollars a month or more if it's mm. a lot of transactions. If it's something that um, you know, there are things that you can do to set it up where your, you know, QuickBooks is ultimately the best, is the best, mm-hmm. is your best friend in all of us. Because you can download your bank account right into QuickBooks mm-hmm. and have uh, have someone reconcile it for you and categorize the expenses. And that takes away a lot of the labor involved in my office. We have some, we have many clients. Um, I have a few that I just manage. I download their transactions and go through it. But um, a majority of them, they'll bring us bank statements for 12 months at the end of the year. And the data entry person has to enter those in. <laughs> and let me tell you, when the data that entry person is out sick and I have to do it, I'm cursing under my mouth, under that my breath. Because, painful. yeah, it is. Line by line, you have to enter it in. 
So (laughs) if it's a situation like that, it gets a little bit more pricey. But, you know, it's it's a case by case basis. But, you know, someone like I I mean, I don't I don't imagine you'd have a lot of transactions. Someone like you, I don't I wouldn't see it should be any more than 100 bucks a month. Okay. And, And really, they're just going in. And looking and categorizing things, if you've already got QuickBooks going, then it really should be even less than that, maybe 25 if they're just taking an eyeball on it and looking at it. Excellent. That is really good to know, Jenny. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, before we wrap up, is there any last thing you want to tell the people listening? Don't be afraid. Of the IRS, <laughs> they, it takes a, the IRS, it so. takes a lot to get arrested by them. <laughs> if you owe them twenty five thousand dollars or less, it's an automatic payment plan. <laughs> and I don't think they only come after you if you start to owe them millions. So I think don't be afraid. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's my like saying, Don't be afraid of the big bad wolf, right there, Jenny. I love yeah. It. <laughs> Oh, this is good. Actually, Jenny, I got to tell you, you've blown my mind on a lot of areas and you've made this feel so approachable. And I know for me personally, money scarcity is an area that Mm -hmm. I work on really, really hard. It's a very Mm -hmm. deeply ingrained, um, I don't even want to mindset that yeah. I really work on hard, and I tend to shy away and be afraid of conversations about money. Um, and I, I, I feel very comfortable talking to you. Like I, you've made this a very comfortable, approachable conversation, and I just want to thank you so very. You're welcome. Much. Thank you for having me. I'm glad I'm, I made it a little bit less scareful to, to you and everybody yeah. else is listening. The big bad wolf doesn't look quite so big and bad. <laughs> no, it, it is a lot. And for someone that is just an entertainer or if you're in, if you're in construction, if you're in, if you're a doctor, if you're, you know, you have your area of ex- expertise. So, we, you know, we go to the doctor, you know, we go to the dentist for our teeth to get our teeth cleaned. So the dentist should go to the accountant to have his books done. Mm-hmm. So it's, you have to, but you know, it's also people think it's so expensive and it, and it can be, um, but you start where you, you start at a point where you can afford it mm-hmm. and you interview multiple people and you get online and you just, um, you know, there are some sites out there, Fiverr and Upstart that will do, um, you know, there are bookkeepers that will work for you and for not very much money. But you have to be careful also with those people, what you're giving them access to. Right. Yeah. You don't want to make, you want always want to maintain um, control over your own accounts and oversee them and not give anybody that you do not know or ever met in person um, total access mm-hmm. to your bank accounts. Yeah. Because that's I've heard horror stories yeah, that and that's, awesome. that could be another episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Jenny. Okay. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much, Jenny. You're welcome. How would you like well, people, you. if they want to reach out thank to you, you and they have questions, me. how would you like people to reach out to you? Um, my uh, Instagram is I am Jenny Thomas and I am also on um, Instagram our podcast is Honestly Unfiltered with uh, Carrie and Jenny. 
Carrie Routh is my co-host. Uh, we are on Instagram at Carrie and Jenny and on all the platforms, Twitter and such. I don't really have um, a whole lot going on my personal side um, because just it's this is more my day job. And then the other thing is podcasting. We do talk. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of fun on our podcast, but we do tend to go to serious subjects like money and taxes and things like that, uh, you know, on occasion. So, but um, on Instagram or um, my email is honestlyunfiltered at carryandjenny.com. Excellent. And the website also. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you so much for being here and making the big bad wolf a little less scary for all of us that are starting on this path. Thank you for having me. Okay, David, now that you have listened to the episode, hopefully, hopefully you're not quite as mad at me about being a podcast (sighs) interview two-timer. I guess I can forgive you. Okay, good. Okay. I'm interested in knowing what did you take away from the episode? Uh, Number one, tax people are crazy smart and taxes scare and confuse the bejesus out of me. (laughs) (laughs) You and me both, babe. You and me both. (laughs) Yeah. There was a lot of good information in that interview. Oh, so much. Um, Right from the start, the way she said that it's important to do it from the beginning. If you're thinking that that may be something you want to do, just go for it. Because mm-hmm. there's things that you do when you're starting a podcast, uh, all of your startup costs, microphones, headphones, plan for where you want to be down the road and establish your future goals now because that's going to help you in the long run. So very smart. I like that a lot. That's really good advice, especially since she said the IRS is not crazy about hobbyists. And and if you're a hobbyist podcaster, you can't really claim all of those expenses. So you may just, right. may as well just right off the bat. Want to do it as a business. Consider yourself yeah. a business. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's good advice. Um, what else? And, uh, Anything else? Yeah, for sure. Uh, a ton of things. Uh, another was the, I liked how she said to um, look for something like the Stride app. So you can save expenses, receipts, mileage logs, all that kind of stuff. Um, Something convenient. That's definitely been one of my biggest hurdles when it comes to keeping track of stuff for taxes is finding a convenient place to store my receipts. I'm always, I've got, I don't know how many sitting in my car right now that I have no idea what they're for or when I actually (laughs) got them. Um, They're just kind of shoved in every nook and cranny possible because I'm afraid to throw them away. Don't ever use them for anything, but I'm afraid to throw them away because I may need them. Mm-hmm. And with the app like Stride, no affiliation <laughs> to Stride, yeah. but it seems like a great way of of keeping track of things that we have going out. And that's something that we definitely need to improve upon ourselves. Oh, yeah. I think that conversation with her, especially that part about saving your receipts and things mm-hmm. like that, that just really solidified in my mind how important it is to have some sort of system for keeping your receipts and your expenses and keeping track of them and knowing what you're spending money on and where you're spending that money and how you're spending the money. And um, it's just so valuable to keep track of all that. Yeah. I thought that was important. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Another one I thought. Yeah. Another one I thought was the 
when she mentioned about taking out our business expenses from our personal account mm. and that it's okay because mm-hmm. it's something I know we've had the conversation ourselves. What do we do? How do we pay for this stuff even though it's um, for the business? And so mm-hmm. getting some input as to how to deal with it and that it's not a big deal, you're totally fine doing it. Uh, that helped ease a little bit of my mind and where we're where we are moving forward. That we are the oh-so-generous shareholders that give loans to our business. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was such a great way to look at it. I was like, oh, to I'm just feeling it, yeah. so dang generous. <laughs> yeah. But she did have a word of caution that all the income needs to go into the business account. We should not be having right. any income come into our personal accounts. I think that's yep. really important, and that's not that hard to do. You can set up no. – your whatever system you're using to collect money, whether it's a Stripe account or whatever, to go into your business account. And I think that's really important, whether it's a lot of money coming in because you're selling a course or a small amount of money because you're doing a Patreon account, whatever it is, it needs to go into that business account. Yeah. Yeah. So we were lucky we did that correctly. <laughs> we Thank started goodness. with our EIN and got our bank account and everything's been going into that. And so we've been pretty fortunate in that, in that we didn't intermix that end of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Pat on yeah. our back. I'm gonna break my arm yeah. for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um I don't know if you know this, David, but Jenny is coming in to teach a masterclass to our podcasting membership group about setting up your podcast for taxes. So I'm really excited. Our our membership group people get this one-on-one access with her and get to ask her questions and get this personalized attention. That's awesome. I'm excited. I'm in our membership. <laughs> so I can get that one-on-one with her. <laughs> right? You get to meet yeah. her and talk to her. It's so cool. Absolutely. So listeners, if you're interested in being part of a membership where you get access to people like Jenny, that one-on-one small group access where you can ask questions. You'd like a, a community of support. You'd like more that education that just keeps coming and coming on podcasting. We would love for you to join our membership, our, ma- our Mastering the Art of Podcasting membership group. So we have mon- monthly masterclasses like Jenny's tax masterclass, and we also work a lot on those mindset barriers that tend to hold people back, and we give lots of tips on how to create the best podcast you possibly can. Mm-hmm. We also have our live monthly Q&A sessions where everybody gets to ask us anything that they want about podcasting. We have our... Um, monthly collaborative work sessions where you get to meet with your fellow podcasters, which I think is fantastic because Mm -hmm. our podcasters have so much knowledge. And that has been probably one of the most helpful sessions because everybody's able to contribute and help out in ways that uh, makes them feel good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. We learn a lot from them. Absolutely. Definitely. So check out the link in the show notes to join the membership. We would absolutely love to have you join. Have fun recording. Thanks for hanging out with us today. As a special thank you, we invite you to download the free guide in the show notes called The Biggest Mistake Podcasters Make and How to Avoid It. Please take a moment to leave us a review. Well, 
Only if you really like the show. (laughs) (laughs) And come on over and join our free Facebook community. We'd love to have you there. We believe your story is powerful and needs to be heard, and we would love to help you tell it. Pretty impressed. So that answers the question I'm going to ask you. Hey, David. What question is that? (laughs) Hey, David. Let me get my line out. God dang it. David. Gosh darn it. Okay. David. 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 Are you ready? David. Are you ready? Boop. I just booped your nose on my screen. Oh, my God. Boop. Lord, grant me the patience. (laughs) Lord, have mercy. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, I've been ready.